Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7 feedback. What you're saying and what we're saying, because there's a lot to say about it. Indeed. Indeed. All that right of that we have no control over. It's been six years. Jeff still does that. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Ree Randall. Hit us with that five-star review. G. Hardler coming up in here with A Year in the Making as the title of this review. This five-star review was well-earned over the past year. This was the first MCU podcast I stumbled upon after being traumatized by Endgame and looking for reminders of why I came to love this universe and its characters. This podcast was so good I wrote the hosts a huge DM on Facebook last year, but also wondered what else was out there. I'm a know-all-your-options kind of person. Yes, I tried a few others. While one or two might offer equivalent knowledge, this one has the perfect combination of facts, background, news, amusing speculation, humor, the always-needed banter, and self-deprecation. Plus, their voices don't annoy me. (laughs) These guys now make me look forward to the next MCU phase and all that awaits on Disney+. Hashtag Loki. P.S. As a provocation, Iron Man 2 is at or near the top of my list because it was my OG MCU film. Ha! Hmm. Gail. (laughs) Thank you, Gail. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Gail. That's awesome. Uh, I I love that she included a provocation. I feel like everyone, when they write in, should end... (laughs) Instead of ending with like a salutation, you end with a provocation. (laughs) (laughs) Like, by the way, Thor The Dark World is the best movie. (laughs) Yeah, like, by the way... Matt, Jeff, fight. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, love I really it. love it. Thank you, Gail. That was a super kind review and uh, means a lot that uh, we have. We th- Those are all things we really try to do and balance. So that means yeah. a lot that someone thinks that we balance them well. So yay. <laughs> Having voices that don't annoy you is probably my main goal. <laughs> it's true. No, this, I understand. This isn't understand what Jeff that. sounds like. No, you, you guys, you don't understand. This isn't what Jeff sounds like, guys. Je- <laughs> Jeff's all voice character. Is, Jeff, this is a character Jeff is playing. <laughs> Jeff's voice like, is way more high pitched. It's way more reedy. You know that really yeah. readiness. Oh God, please why don't stop. You, why don't you give him a little example of what your voice no. actually sounds like, Jeff? I mean, just come on. It's like that. Uh, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be yourself. You gotta be honest with the with the people. <laughs> Matt is lying to all of you. <laughs> the uh, the only time I really change my voice is at the beginning, today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Um, and also when I'm reading amazing reviews that tell me where they're from. That's true. And we got some more of those uh, on our next episode. Uh, but let's get into S.H.I.E.L.D. feedback, because that's why we're here today. Is uh, it? We, we, got, we got a few pages here of people writing in about S.H.I.E.L.D., and I am ready to talk about it. How about you? I am so ready, sir. I, I will say, though, uh, I know what Gail's talking about because that's part of the reason I can't listen to a lot of podcasts is like their voices are all over my nerves. And if I can't like if if, an, if a voice annoys me when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm like, nope, I'm out. I can't. Yeah, I cannot because I'm just going to be picking apart how annoying they sound the whole time. I and I'm not that. focusing on the message. I hear that. I really do. Uh, I I tend to put up with people uh myself i I listen to a whole lot of podcasts and i mean it's actually like a a, a common trope that a lot of the like 
um, I don't know, NPR types have sort of like voices, like real, like they're really up in the higher register and they're exactly what I was describing, that reedy higher register voice. But I, it doesn't bother me, <laughs> but I appreciate that it bothers Gail. Cause then <laughs> she listens to us. She turns to us. <laughs> yeah. With these mellifluous baritones. We, we're, we're happy to be, Sorry. <laughs> no. We're happy to be we're, what, Jeff? <laughs> we're happy to be the cast off that you you turned to. You know, the runner up. Oh uh, She wait. settles on us. Oh, oh I see. Like, like, uh, like other podcasts might have better things to say, but yeah. but we but we don't drive her away with just pure sonic madness. Yeah. <laughs> pure sonic madness. I get it. I get it. That may be the best term for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Shield feedback. Shield feedback. Shield feedback. Haley Hobbs says, I loved Colson's We Learned That in School Today sass. Me too. That was really <laughs> great. Thanks, Haley. Uh, yeah, I really loved that. Um, it just, it was, it was really funny. Yeah, you guys have been out on a mission. We were in class. <laughs> this is really funny. The way that Simmons is talking to them and the way that, you know, the, the, the attitude that she has of where, like, she absolutely knows everything and she knows that they don't. And she's only telling them uh, what she thinks they need to know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the moment is it's kind of turned the whole dynamic of like who's in charge on its head. And I love that Colson is feeling that now, like he's feeling that like, damn it, God, come just give me the information, please. Yeah. Well, I, and I don't think she has the information necessarily, though. Yeah. Like she she's just like anyone else, like they're having to learn as they go. Uh, like what is going on in this society, like this part of time, because what, what, is, what are they trying to do? And yeah, like they're having to really rely on Gemma, but she doesn't know any more than they do. Apparently Fitz might, but we don't know where Fitz is. We don't know when Fitz is. Here's the thing. So if they're changing the timeline, I see it's hard because time travel in this is weird. We got this time stream thing. Uh, so I guess... They're changing things, but they're keeping, they're trying to keep the being ripples, not waves so that they don't actually have a branch off timeline. That's well, they're like, trying not to change things is the, well, the but they are like they, the ripples are still ripples. Yeah. You know, ripples like, are still changes. They're still, so like, I guess we're supposed to believe that all of this did not happen in the original timeline, right? Theoretically. Theoretically, this did not happen in the original timeline. This is unless they're going to go for a let's mix it, let's mix up the time travels, kind of like they did in Endgame with freaking Cap sitting on the bench. I love that movie so much, and that scene still bothers me. I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, so I'm not going to get into it. But um, but if they do something like that with this, I will be annoyed because it's the same thing. It's like decide <laughs> decide your rules of your fantasy world and stick to those rules because it's. You, you strain credibility when you do something that doesn't fit the rules you've created. You know, I, I would honestly, I would be okay with, um, I'd be okay with them establishing what they think or what the characters think are the rules and then having everything get turned on its head and the characters learn and grow and change their outlook on how time travel works. Absolutely. As the, 
as the thing goes on because that would be super cool. Absolutely, but it needs to be acknowledged that it's a big change, not just like, hey, this is a really cute image of old man Cap sitting on the bench, so let's do that. Yeah, (laughs) it needs to be addressed by somebody who thought they knew what the hell was going on. Like, oh, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Yeah, he could have easily come back on the platform and had that same conversation. He just wouldn't, it would have avoided the cute image of him on the bench. You know, like yeah. that's, that's really all you avoid. Um, it was very neat and misdirecty, but like it didn't fit the time travel that you had created. So anyway, I've talked about this too much already, but the reason I bring that up is so they keep talking about where is Fitz. Uh, and when I is wonder, Fitz? When is Fitz? I bet Fitz is in the past. You think so? Because if you are sitting in a time stream making waves and possibly offshoot timelines... Like the only way to know that you're not going to end up in a different timeline than the people or get erased from existence is to go back before the Chronicoms went back. I don't know. That just feels like something Fitz would do. Like I thought, like a thought process Fitz would have, like he's hanging out with dinosaurs right now. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) okay. So if he, if he can direct the stream away from the, uh, away from the Chronicoms, is what you're thinking? No, 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 no. Like he, I think he's hiding out somewhere. Like he's hiding oh, out. So like he's that, the anchor. He's the anchor. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that would mean. But like something. I'm just thinking if if the Chronicoms can change the past. Like if they create a wave that changes the past, it, that that changes the 20s or 50s or 70s or whatever to the point that the future no longer exists, then Fitz would go with it. So to keep Fitz a lot like in existence, I feel like the only way to do that is to save him somewhere in the past. Like that's their storage. Like he's like the entirety of the past is Fitz storage. Well, as long as he can, on, cannot create any, any ripples or waves, like he'd have to really hide out. It's that's a, that's a tough call though, because based on the, um, you know, based on the idea that people from, the future would cease to be if they no longer, you know, if the timeline didn't happen that way, then he would just blip out of existence in the past. Like him being in the past doesn't save him from like, you're kind of using well, no, the, that, um, that depends on how time travel works because in this yeah, case, yeah, exactly. that would also blip them out of existence. So that's it's, my point. I'm just thinking of like the logic of time travel and where could you be safe if the future is at risk? There and is the, no logic in time travel. That, and that's a problem. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's the thing is there's no logic in time travel, because if you went back to change the past and it's in the same time stream, then it would already like you going there and committing to going back and doing it has already changed things. Unless they're going with the time stream thing, which they are. So like you've got ripple, the whole, the whole thing they're saying is ripples, not waves. So like, and, and they, they're trying not to create a dam, I think is what Deke called it is when yeah. like so much happens that it creates a dam and you get an offshoot timeline. Otherwise time is constantly trying to work its way back to this original riverbed. Right. So like, as long as fits like in this timeline, there's a risk of a dam and that dam and the risk is the chronicoms, right? The risk is it's also Daisy cause fucking Daisy, like with the, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot Malik. That was crazy. Um, so, so there, there's a risk of a dam happening. So he has to go back before the risk of the dam. It's not that he, he's not also creating ripples wherever he is, but he's not, there's no one in his timeline. If he goes back to the whatever, if he's living in, I don't know, Spartan times or something, um, 
Or with the di- or if he's it. living in dinosaur times, he like can intentionally. He, there's no chronicoms back there trying to dam up the river. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So he is safer there than he is in the future. Maybe, but again, it just depends on how time travel works. Totally agree. Just throwing out my own time travel logic that I the way I see time travel. But you know, it could they could go with a totally different thing. But I just thought that was kind of a neat idea. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Emily Sissel said on Twitter, what about an Enoch and Koenig miniseries? I 100% support an Enoch and Koenig miniseries, especially the idea that like it could go multiple generations of Koenigs. Yes. Yes. Like, oh my God. Like, uh, you know, it could, it, <laughs> you could do a, this is us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have you, have you I seen ship Keenock. <laughs> Keenock. Have you seen this is us? I have not. Um, I guess slight spoiler alert for the first episode of, uh, of this is us. And honestly, if you plan to watch it, you should skip forward 30 seconds. But the, the show is, is like, it's all about, the family, this one family, but it constantly jumps between like, it, it's telling a story in the eighties and then it's telling a story in the nineties and then it's telling a story in the current timeline. And now they've even gone to where they're telling stories from like 10 years from now. And like, they just, they jump around the timeline of this one family and tell the stories. They even go back to the sixties at one point and tell the stories of like him as a young man in Vietnam. Like they do all this stuff. And, and each time they do that, they fill in the gaps of like emotional storyline for the different characters. Okay. That's what I want for this. <laughs> it's like a, a Enoch Enoch is like this through line that knows all the Koenigs and like, and we actually find out who all the different Koenigs are and like, and like really flesh out all the different versions of this maybe LMD character slash family. <laughs> Man, we're getting way too deep on this and uh, it's, it's very emotional. Like I don't see Pat Oswalt's acting as being that incredibly emotional, but that series would be 100% that like, think of, think of this old man Koenig, you know? Like, yeah. Koenig from the thirties when it's like getting into the sixties and he's starting to get old and he's like, Oh, my oldest friend Enoch who you just, you never age. And I know that's cause you're Chrome dome robot, man. But you know, <laughs> he's like on his deathbed, just like, you've always been there for me. Please be there for my family. Like that would be so emotional. Yeah, dude. It'd be like, <laughs> we're, I don't know. It's like so many different, uh, you know, Iron Giant or whatever, like the the fan the the friendly robot that takes care of you and takes care of the family or whatever. Like I just oh, it's uh, it's Bicentennial Man. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really remember Bicentennial Man. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Sorry. Yeah, totally, totally is. Yep. It's like yep. Bicentennial Man, but mixed with like the wonderfulness of Koenig and Patton Oswalt's acting. I really loved so. I agree with you. Uh, Pat Oswalt has mostly been jokey, jokey, not very emotional. But last episode, when he was like petitioning Malik not to do, not to go off and and be Hydra, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, that was actually some solid dramatic acting from yeah, him. Yeah, I really loved it. it. It really made me feel uh, feel the feels. I, I I liked it a lot. 
Yes, sir. Uh, let's see. Next up, 084. Head us on Twitter at MCUcast. Hmm. I felt different about the first two Shield episodes. That second one felt like an episode and a half, and not in a bad way. That's cool. Yeah, I I had said that I felt like the first the second episode uh, felt a little like there wasn't much plot. Um, I I don't think it was bad. It just didn't feel like there was as much plot. But I but I but that's that's neat that 084 had totally different experience with that. All right, next up, Jeffrey James sent us a message: Agents of Shield season seven, episode two, non spoilers. Incredible, incredible episode. Agents of Shield at its very best. Finely tuned, excellent crafted. Uh, pulls together the storyline and makes all of the MCU suddenly make more sense. Great science fiction and fabulous service to us loyal fans. Spoilers. I completely understand where Daisy was coming from. They could go back and defeat the Chronicoms themselves, and the world would be better without Hydra. And yes, we were told that Hydra had to exist, and that the evil robots wanted Malak dead, but heck, maybe the evil robots are wrong. <laughs> Hmm. In any case, I've always suspected that Daisy never quite accepted the fact that she wasn't director after she ceded the position to Mac, if I remember correctly. Plus, she's starting to get a little bit of that uh, superhero know-it-all cockiness. The ending was fabulous because it backfills the Patton Oswalt character, and of course, Enoch will still be alive from 1931 forward, so he can hook back up with the team. Again, can't wait to hear what Matt and Jeff have to say, but I can't imagine that they won't be over the moon nuts about this episode and the potentialities for the seasons. Also, can't wait to see Ward again because that has got to happen. Ooh, good call on that. Good call. Seeing Ward again. I Grant mean, we're, we're mother freaking Ward. We're traveling through time here. They've done so many different versions of Ward. Every season felt like a different version of Ward. And yeah, you're right. We need to see Ward again. And what if we did see like a pre, uh, a a pre fall of uh, a pre a pre season one of Shield Ward? Because we can do that if they drop into the early two thousands and we see Ward. You know, uh, hopefully still played by the same actor because I think it'd be cool to bring him back. I was kind of bummed that we didn't get him. Uh, we got him in the framework season, but we didn't get him last season. Right. Right. Yeah, I was bummed about that. He's been in. He was in. I think every season before that. Uh yeah, he's made a lot of cameos. Yeah, in different different versions. I kind of wish that they'd kept that running. So yeah, I'm totally on board with that. And I agree with uh, pretty much everything Jeffrey said. I think this, these episodes have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, and you know, honestly, like now that he says it, I, I've. I feel like I understand that that little gut reaction that I was having. Like, yeah, Daisy never has accepted the fact she wasn't director. Yeah. She is trying to call the shots. Yeah, that's totally like, a good point. I, I hope that I'm not bandwagoning on that, but like, yeah, she is trying to take over. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's completely fair that she'd been training to be the leader and and see we've that's the other thing like i don't know that we have time to tell this story because we've only got 13 episodes a season but you've got mac who is officially the boss you've got colson who is used to being the boss and you have daisy who has some claim to the being the boss but also has always had a bit of a rebellious streak like that's where we met her she's the rebel she's the one against the man and like uh now she's you know, having to be subservient to Mac who, you know, she doesn't necessarily want to be. And she 
she was always trained to be the the director. So I don't know. There's there's definitely a power struggle element to what's going on that I don't know that they have time to explore if they also want to tell the rest of the story. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I don't know. They, they they seem to be with that with that action of her trying to kill Malik. That definitely seems to be a part of her motivation. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's the that's the danger of going back in time is that there's so much temptation to try to fix things or you know to try to quote unquote set things right you know like help the world and you know it's the same it's the same discussion that we had uh, around cap going back in time and just kind of riding the wave until he gets to you know until he gets to present day sitting on the bench like what why would cap not have done something to try to you know help the world in all of these different situations yeah like well maybe maybe he knew that anything different in the timeline might throw the world off. I don't know. Here's what I want. If we, if we ever, if we ever got that explained to us, here's my head cannon. We always have, we always have this conversation about why didn't cap do more. Here's my head cannon. He goes back in time. He goes to dance with Peggy and then some big thing happens. And he's like, I have to go stop this. You know, he's like, I'm going to stop it. He picks up the old, he picks up an old like dusty shield or whatever. It's like, maybe he's been there a year or something. And the ancient one stops him. And the ancient one is like, uh, you know, Hey, you have, you, 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 if you're going to stay here, you can't do this. Like I'm protecting Ooh. my timeline and I know I, I watch for threats like you and you are a threat to our timeline. You, you're not supposed to exist here and I can allow you to stay here, but you have to agree never to get involved. Oh man, that's, uh, that's mean right there. It, it is. And it would be frustrating, but it also like explains why he wouldn't have ever gotten involved because like he actually knows he's his his actions could be a threat he's like she's like if you want to be active you can go back to your time and be active but if you want to live a life of peace with peggy you've got to live that life you can't do the rest yeah you've got to give up fighting all of it no wars no no activism none of it damn Ah, oh, that's heavy, man. That's heavy. <laughs> yeah, totally. I still think even even him going back and being Peggy's husband, like just the fact that Peggy was such a foundational part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they're such a big part of the world, like him having even the impact he might have on her seems like it would really throw things off, you know? It could. It very well could. Ah, man, I want a... Uh, God, I want like a... I want a miniseries of Cap and Peggy growing old and having to watch them, you know, discuss like, hey, you know, the Vietnam War is happening. Don't you think you could help or, you know, anything like that, any kind of crisis or world crisis where Peggy's like, you should go, please. Yeah. Or don't you think you could help in some way? And like, you know, he would want to, you know, he would be like, it would be killing him not to do it. And then, yeah, like, man. you know, toward the end of the of the series, he has to say, like, no, like, if I, I don't know, though, because she would think that it was selfish of him to to give up helping the world just to stay with her. Hmm. That's, if she found out. That's a good question. That's the other thing is, like, could he tell her? Like, yeah, there, there's definitely, like, a lot of stories you could tell in that in that world. And it, it kind of is a bummer because... 
I would have, you know what I, I think would have been better if like somehow, um, the power stone or, or something was used to like take his power from him before he went back. Like maybe he's just a regular man. And the, and then it makes a little more sense for him. Cause then the, you take away the great power and then he just has regular responsibilities. <laughs> 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 oh man! <laughs> uh, oh, Jeffrey James here says, "Dudes, watch the preview for next episode." I needed, I needed. Um, gosh, I'm so bad. I needed to you guys. This is not my fault, right? I needed you guys to decode the. Yeah, my bad. This see, this isn't my fault this time. <laughs> <laughs> Adapt, overcome, Matt. Come on, <laughs> that's not my mo. <laughs> okay uh dudes watch the previews for next episode i needed you guys to decode the preview for me was that the weird device at the end of agent carter um did you watch the preview yet for next episode i'm about to because it was on who it was not on hulu so i didn't see it until he wrote this in i did but i'm gonna rewatch it with you okay we just rewatch we just watched that trailer uh what do you think jeff it absolutely reminds me of uh, the uh, the the dark what was it the dark force uh, device or whatever it was at the yeah. end of Agent Carter season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does remind uh, me of that. It, it makes me want to go back and rewatch season two of Agent Carter just to you know just to see. Yeah, I kind of want to rewatch Agent Carter altogether since Sousa's showing up. Like I remember him pretty well, but I don't I don't remember the events as well as I want to of Agent Carter. Um, like, like the bat, who the baddies were and like what, what they were actually going to do. Yeah, I guess I do. I remember the first season was that girl who was like a black widow. And the second season was, um, the, the, like the, the weird cabal that was trying to find harness dark force power. And then they ended up inside of a it was uh, Leviathan. Okay. Leviathan. And, uh, and then it ended up inside of that actress. Right. And she ended up like absorbing people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, that was supposed to be the Madam Hydra lady, I think, or something like that. It's been so long, man. And I know we talked a lot about it at the time, but it's been years. It Madam mask. It's Madam mask. Madam mask. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, discussing this trailer, I don't know if that's the dark force machine. Uh, clearly the Chronicoms have some sort of plan to cause a calamity at area 51, um, is neat. It's neat that it's at area 51. You know, we got to get that explained somehow for Marvel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the area obviously. 51 site. But then that's the fifties uh, is when that happened. Right. Something like that. Uh, they didn't say, um, no, I mean, they didn't in, say in, when this was in real life, the area 51 incident that people always talk about, like it was in the fifties, I believe there was no incident at area 51. What are you talking about? Matt? <laughs> the, 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 yeah, there, I think in the fifties there were rumors of like, whatever, like lights in the sky kind of stuff. Uh, that, I'm pretty sure it was the fifties. So this is apparently the fifties. I guess our, our explanation is that was shield, which is fun. Um, and Daniel Sousa, here's what I want to know about Daniel Sousa. Clearly, he had a thing with Carter last we saw. Like, they, they, they had some a, a definite will-they-won't-they they energy, right? I wonder if we'll get him talking about some old flame of hers coming and taking, uh, taking Carter away. Ooh, man. Like, what if he's a bitter man because the, the woman he loved 
was like like a man out of time showed up and whisked, whisked her off her feet or whatever. <laughs> I don't think he would call him that. No, but... I don't think those are the words he would use, but he would say, like, somebody just stole her away. He also would probably wouldn't say whisk. I meant swept. And for some reason, I said whisk, which is what you use to, like, beat eggs with. I don't think you whisk people. <laughs> well, you whisk people away. You just, it's shooing them away. Oh, is that whisking? <laughs> anyway, neither here nor there. I'm mostly just fascinated with uh, Sousa and him being there. I, I have no idea. And who was the lady in the white room that looked like she was some sort of digital construct? Like, it almost looked like framework. Tech. No, that was the that was the Chronicom leader. It was oh, the same actress. Okay, she just changed her hair. I guess Chronicoms do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's me not remembering season six very well. God, there's so much of this world, and they're going so deep on it for me. And like, uh, obviously, I feel like I should be pretty. Pretty. Uh, I do a podcast about it every week. I should be one of the people who's like knows this stuff pretty well. And I'm still like, man, who is that? Who's this? Where are they? What's going on? Who are you? Well, as someone made fun of me a couple weeks ago, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> someone gave us that feedback. Matt, I don't remember Carol. Yeah. Yep, that's me. Atara is the leader of the Chronicoms. That's who that was. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I see like that's the thing I would, I'd try to watch all of shield season six this week, but maybe I'll just watch the last episode. Cause I feel like that's when like the Chronicom stuff really came to a head, but no, not really. They just showed up. I remember being annoyed by that. And, and, and I, and that's why like the Chronicoms showed up and they just like whisked. <laughs> there I go again. Is whisking. You, you can whisk someone away. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like crossing them off. Yeah. After they finish the battle with the Shrike, the con- the Chronicoms, <laughs> just like crossing them off. Uh, gosh. <laughs> it's so easy. You uh, make it so easy. <laughs> <laughs> after the, after the Chronicoms, like after they fought the Shrike, the Chronicoms just kind of showed up in the last reel. And I know they were like a part of the last season where they were trying to stop their home planet from being destroyed or establish a new home planet. Um, but it just felt kind of out of nowhere that they like decided shield was the enemy. Well, shield's the one that's going to stop them from establishing their home planet or their new home planet. It's true. It just felt like they were somewhat reasonable. And then they were the big bads all of a sudden. I don't know. Maybe not. I guess they were big bads with, uh, I know know that Fitz and Simmons had to run from them or something like that in the middle of the season. It's been so long. It feels like two, three years ago and it's just been like a year. All right, let's just, let's 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 move forward. I'm I'm just embarrassing myself with not remembering any of Agents of Shield season no, six. I'm having fun. I'm <laughs> having fun. Let's let's keep going with whatever. This. You're you're you don't remember any better than I do. That's not true. Yeah, I'm but sure. you're the one that's floundering with it. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Drew Gregson is an email. Hi guys. I think that this episode was one of the single greatest episodes of television I have ever seen. Wow, that's big. That's that's big. It's bold claims there. <laughs> You should have typed it in bold. Anyway, I love how now we're back to weekly references to the movies. We haven't had that since season three. I have a lot of thoughts on this episode. One, Deke is so funny in these first two episodes. Malik, we've got to give him the slip. Deke, yeah, and we have to lose him too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was one of the ones that I pointed out uh, last when we did our review episode because 
I, you know, just like just like Drew says here, Deke is just so funny being a man out of time twice. Like he's a man out of time twice removed. <laughs> so he doesn't get to go back and watch the old, you know, the old TV shows. And, and you know, he doesn't get movies from the past or, or period pieces, you know, from like modern day films being made about the about the past because he grew up in a completely different environment where media and entertainment just doesn't exist except for what he creates in people's heads Mm -hmm. and just seeing the way like seeing (laughs) seeing him be deposited to another place or rather another time when you know slang was very different yeah I it's feel just like so you great. might have talked me out of agreeing with you, though, because you, you just reminded me that he was like the operator of the like uh, holodeck in the future. Remember? Yeah. So like, it seems like he would have programs that would like, like we know the original framework uh, had like the entire world in it, and had it was it was convincing enough that people believe they lived there. So I'm assuming like all that media probably existed in the framework. So like, it, surely he doesn't have all that software or all that like whatever content. But like, it seems like he would have some knowledge of the past. Like it seems like people in the um, in that future jail cell penal colony would have like. Yeah, that would be their escapism was like living in the past or whatever. Yeah, but I don't know. I it didn't look I mean, we didn't get enough of a dive into it to yeah. to really say like, you know, he's got everything. Uh, the no, I think the way I that know. they described it is that he had like pieces of it and had to kind of like you know, uh, puzzle pieces together and, yeah. and string things together to make it work. And uh, yeah, and they didn't have, they definitely didn't have full information because she, they all believed that uh, Daisy was the destroyer or whatever. Yeah. She were very well could have been, but that's true. Know. They changed the, they changed the timeline. Yep. 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 Uh, let's see. Number two in Drew Greg's email, agent may is completely healed from her stab wound. Only two or three days later reminds me a bit of agent Ross from black Panther nanotech mm. or or uh cradle tech from um from ultron yeah well they they did say that this is tech that uh, agent simmons had a considerable amount of time to develop a considerable amount of time yeah and you know if she has a considerable amount of time to develop it it could be anything it could it's far beyond our understanding of yeah, healing. Just another devices. hint that she is not the original Simmons. Just she's saying. an LMD. She's an LMD. <laughs> yep. Uh, number three, May could be a vampire. You yeah. said that it could be Yo-Yo during your feedback episode, but May seems weirdly vampire-like in this episode. I I, I thought that same thing while I was watching this episode. So that yeah, that's it was her cold, unflinching, and very uh, what's the word? Very. <laughs> calculating emotionless it was her it was her stoic emotionless blank slate face that really uh you know put the weird in me and made me think maybe and you know the fact that she was like crouching in the top corner of the room yeah very it was very <laughs> batman someone someone sent us a a, a screen a double-sided screenshot of like that and batman it was just like really very batman uh position <laughs> it's batman it's batman oh yes <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so somebody was trying to have us come up with L, LMD May or whatever. L-M-A-D. L-M-A-D. 
Elmade, which we, we actually came up with, I think in like season one, we called her Elmade or something like that a long time ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, bat, bat matey. <laughs> nah, I, th- I just like Batman. Yeah. I like Batman too, <laughs> but I just wanted to combine it all. You can't combine them all, man. You got to pick and choose the right ones. No, you got to, got to catch them all. Okay. All right. Pokemon, poke, poke, <laughs> No, that sounds bad. <laughs> All right, let's move on. What else does Drew have to say? Number four. I thought it was both sad and funny when Enoch was left behind. He doesn't age, so he could stay in the past to make sure that nothing changes drastically. We could also have past Enoch meet future Enoch. Uh, those are all my thoughts on this week's Shield episode. Thanks for the outstanding podcast. Shave Shydra. <laughs> Shave Shydra. Shave Shydra. Uh, yeah, I love, I love that. Uh, I, 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 I was, when, when he was running back to the ship, they made it like a tense thing, but I thought as soon as it was a possibility he was getting left, I was like, oh, he's getting left. Yep. He is definitely he's getting gone. left, right? And it just has to happen. Uh, and I, mean, I, I love it. It just, it sets up such a cool little storyline for him and Koenig without any real cost to the character. Right, right. It's easy to leave him behind because he's a robot mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, he's a sentient chronicom. A sentient chronicom. The way that he says it, sentient chronicoms, that, that indicates that there are non-sentient chronicoms. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, like I, I, can, I could see that. Or it's just a, uh, it's a statement to the humans to be like, just so you know, I am alive. Like I'm a robot, but I am alive. Just you need right. to know, like, I, I know you've met robots that are not alive. I am not one of those. <laughs> chronicoms are sentient. <laughs> Are all Chronicom sentient? That's our next question. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I heard this whole podcast a couple weeks ago, or earlier this week. I wish I knew what it was on because I listen to so many podcasts that just like they blur, just like the TV I watch. Uh, but uh, there was a whole podcast about the idea of sentience and the idea of like what does it mean, and like it was basically like. D- you know, how, when do we know a robot become, when do we know that AI becomes sentient? And it's like, uh, the only way we base that, the only thing we currently base that on is how much they are like humans. <laughs> um, and like, cause we think we're sentient. So, and we believe that we're valuable and that we should not be harmed because we have sentience, but like, what does sentience mean? But it's sort of this reflexive thing where it's like, sentience is us. So what does sentience mean? It means they're more like us, but like, how do we know we're sentient? Because we're having this internal life that we believe in is sentience, but like, there's no way, there's no way to measure internal life of another thing. And so like that, that the question of sentience is a really interesting one uh, that we have yet to figure out a way to get behind in like a real sense, like knowledge of self is one thing people say, but like, that's not like a computer could like technically know it's a computer, but not have feelings about the fact that it's a computer. If feelings is really even what sentience means, it's, that's the thing. It's like, there's no way to really know what sentience is, except we've, we know, we believe that we're sentient and we're valuable. So we, we, take other things that have traits like us and say they are more, more or less sentient. Hmm. So like what does sentient actually mean and what, what means something is like worth saving or valuable or whatever. It's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thought experiment. 
Yeah, and that's way too deep for our podcast, so let's move on. I feel like it's not. I feel like there's people out there who appreciated there's people out there who appreciated that 30 second diatribe and there's people who hit the 30 second forward button. Uh, let's see what does 084 have to say. <laughs> I wonder if 084 would skip forward. <laughs> uh, he says, I'm going to try to be as brief as I've ever been here. Let's go. <laughs> I loved the premiere. It was fun and did a great job of both catching us up and moving us forward. Matt's theory about Fitz and Simmons is pretty great, and I hope it pans out because it would be great writing. You hear that, Matt? You did some great writing. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Something else to look out for uh, is yet another version of Enoch, because he had been on Earth for a few thousand years before we were introduced to him. The Malak tie-in is interesting. For those who don't have endless useless knowledge of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the, the Malak family was part of the hyper-religious faction of Hydra bent on sending sacrifices to Ma'veth to, to try to bring Hive back. Uh, Freddy's father was said to take the easy way out, so I'm wondering if he killed himself in lieu of being the Traveler and being sent through the monolith. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking the vial that the woman from Hydra gives Freddy is one of the first drafts of the Super Soldier Serum and is the first step towards Hydra's transition to Red Skull's leadership and focusing more on using otherworldly science for world domination. We also know that Freddy would later on use a trick rock to avoid ever being sacrificed, which we learned from Daniel Whitehall. Uh, so we could definitely see another guest appearance from him this season. All in all, I'm very excited for what's to come. Bring on some more S.H.I.E.L.D. history. Loving it. Until next time, true believers, Excelsior. Uh, that's some interesting stuff in there. Um, he also agreed about uh, getting to see a second version of Enoch, which I had not thought of. I forgot he had been on Earth for thousands of years. That's neat. Um, I think that that would be totally cool. Um, and I love the easy way out thing with Freddy's father possibly supposed to be the traveler that's pretty pretty great especially since we know the Ma the Maliks have a history of that like we know that i think it was gideon malik who uh ref who, who tricked the the people so that he could send his political enemies as the traveler remember that yeah 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 that was or no didn't he do it to like some one of his closest friends or something in, in that flashback episode was it his brother it might yeah i think it might have been his brother yeah dang uh also i didn't think about this when we watched this episode but like the idea that they're carrying the red skull the the serum that that brings about red skull which 084 apparently totally called um yeah because that feedback came in before episode two uh yeah i think i don't think it did but it uh this this uh but he i don't think he had seen episode two yet so um that's the that's the serum but like i always thought that um Erskine came up with the serum, but if, if we're to believe believed here, then like the serum came from America to Germany so that Erskine could work on it. Is that what we're seeing? Well, based on episode two, it was the, apparently this particular substance was the activating agent for it. Um, it was like one of the critical pieces of it. So oh. I can see, I can see Erskine, um, it's like ordering sourcing, something from America. Right. He's yeah. sourcing this, this particular compound from agents of Hydra here. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I dig it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. course, this is all but way before, uh, Red Skull comes to power or even there being a war. So was there just like already this experimentation going on, trying to create a super soldier before world war two ever even began? 
Of course there was. I, I guess so. There has to have been. I guess ba- based on this, that's what we're seeing. Of course, we don't know when Red Skull became Red Skull. He could have become Red Skull before um, the war ever began, I guess. Yeah. Could have. Man, I'd love to. I, I don't think we're going to see it because I think they've already, uh, based on trailers for next week, they've already jumped over this time period. Um, but I'd love to see Red Skull, like, becoming Red Skull. That'd be pretty rad. Yeah, I don't know, though. That that seems like a bigger thing than S.H.I.E.L.D. is ready for. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know, because I think don't think we're going to get any more Red Skull in the movies. So, like, why not let them play with that little piece of the history? Mm. Because way. that's Cap's history, and you leave Cap alone? Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Don't, I don't think they should leave Cap alone. I think he should leave absolutely, Cap alone. He should absolutely be the end of this series. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. We need Steve Rogers, whether it's a child Steve Rogers, whether it's a whatever, they totally should have Steve Rogers. Colson needs to meet a young Steve Rogers and inspire him. That would be so cool. Okay, that's enough. What else? 084 has another message about this week's episode. Another great episode. Loved all of the internal and teammate conflict, classic change time versus allow terrible events to happen tropes, and character study. And I'm still curious if they're going with loops or not. Uh, the Stinger definitely suggests that the Koenigs were only interested in robotics because their grandpa met our team and Enoch. Or maybe this would have just made them get even more into robotics in a separate timeline. Regardless, there are a lot of ripples being made. Enoch could just sit and wait to meet back up with the team whenever they travel to next, but being the bartender at a future S.H.I.E.L.D. speakeasy sounds like he has the opportunity to change a whole lot. And I'm wondering if Malik would still have shot Koenig if Deke hadn't just insisted he was a killer. Uh, It was surprisingly fascinating to delve into a character only briefly referenced in one past episode. I'm curious what they're doing with May. Surely Izel isn't inside of her, right? I can't imagine they want to keep that storyline going, but it's the only thing that makes any sense right now. Hopefully it's something better than that. I'm very excited to see where we're heading to next. I don't want, or I don't watch the next time on, so I'll be in the dark until next week. Hope you guys are safe and healthy wherever you're at. Until next time, true believers, Excelsior. Sorry, we just talked about that, if you're listening to this. Um, But I guess we get plenty of warning there. Spoiler. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, so the Izel theory, I, I don't know if, they, I don't think they want to bring back Izel, but I could see, um, them going with something about that, um, that the dimension that she traveled to or whatever being, um, you know, the spirit world, the spirit world, like somehow that, somehow that is affecting her or there are like, there's a, there's a presence inside of her from that. Which makes her a vampire, of course. <laughs> Which turns her into a vampire. I, you know, I don't want them to bring back the Izel thing because I hated Izel. Hmm. Just in general. Pretty mustache um, twirly. Yeah. I, I just, I don't want to see that again. Like, go away, Izel. Yeah, I think they just, last season, they invested an entire, was it 22 episode arc? In, Something like that. In the Shrike. And I don't feel like we... They gave us enough reason to care. Uh, they did not make the strike compelling enough for me that I was like the strike or what we really, yeah, I want, I want 22 episodes of this arc. Like if they, I feel like that could have been one of those pods of six episodes. And I'm like, that was cool. And yeah. with 22, it's like, I feel like I've, I feel like there was a lot of filler last season. 
I mean, if it had been pods, you could have gone Shrike, Bats, um, Yo-Yo gets infected, uh, she becomes a vampire, and then Blade shows up. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I don't think they would have given them Blade. That's That, my friend, is too too big for the show. <laughs> yeah, but if they had done it like they did Ghost Rider, you know. Yeah, which I think the Feige and crew are regretting because I don't think they want to use that version of Ghost Rider. But that Ghost Rider version was so good. I agree. I'm with like, you. That was peak shield. It was peak shield. It was really, really great. Uh, we got an email from Lauren. <laughs> I blame you for this, Matthew. Oh yeah, for sure. It's my fault. Yep. All right. Lauren says, PSA, I'm from California, but I'd really love to hear Jeff do a Scottish accent. Full Fitz impression. So you can pretend I'm Scottish. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. So, full fits read. I like it. And this is a long one, too. So, God. Uh, so, what does what Lauren, Lauren Fitz have to say? Lauren Fitz. <laughs> See, okay. There's a problem with it, though, is that Lauren is female and Fitz is not. Sure. So, just do Scottish fits. female. Just okay. go fits. Go fits. She said full fits. And then, hey guys, Lauren here. Just that doesn't. There's no. There's no accent to be. Anyway, hey guys, Lauren here. I've been hooked on your podcast for over a year now, and I gotta say, you guys are the best. Your cast is the perfect balance of MCU content with a sprinkle of comics backstory and great speculation. Everyone says this, but it's obviously the best one out there. But we're here to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 2, No Your Onions. A few points. First off, as a history nerd, I'm loving the 1930s content. I'm a self-titled historical dresser, meaning my daily outfit ensemble consists of 1930s or 40s clothing. So seeing the team in my kind of clothes is the best! They're killing it on the costume accuracy for the most part, and I love it. So first bullet point. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's funny when you're when you when you're in your voice. I don't want to interrupt you. Like to, to like normally, well, if a lo- if one's long, we'll like bounce back and forth a little bit. But like, I don't want to interrupt you because you're on a roll with this voice. Yeah, um, thank you. But no, yeah, that's that's <laughs> rad that she's a uh, historical dresser, self titled historical dresser. That's neat. Um, and thank you very much, Lauren, for the kind words about the podcast. It's very nice. Yeah. And you know, Lauren's not the first one to to point out that the uh, the costuming in the show is is very historically accurate and uh, very on point and spectacular. Yeah, that's cool. I would not know, but I thought that Simmons looked awesome, and and I thought Colson looked awesome. I don't know, a couple of them just really fit well into the into that role. And Mac. Oh yeah. Oh Mac, looking looking smooth. I freaking <laughs> love Mac in that 20 suit. So cool. And then the way that uh, the way that Deke just completely looks like a paper boy. Yeah, yeah you know, he absolutely the, does. <laughs> he's taken on that role so well. Yeah, as, as much as on this cast we've talked about the newsies, I'm I'm really enjoying that this is not this has been in like newsies era. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the accent. Daisy being so ready to murder Freddy was hilarious and frustrating at the same time. Stay on target, girl. This isn't the mission. <laughs> Gemma being a feminist and standing up for herself against Grandpa Koenig's demeaning comments. Also fantastic. Yeah. 
we got to stop there because the next couple of bullet points are future episodes. Oh, okay. All right. So slight spoiler alert, I guess this last one, uh, last, last read anyway, uh, we're going to, uh, her next comments have to do with, uh, yeah, that stuff. The next two bullet points have to deal with the next episode and then seven, uh, season seven, episode seven. Mm, okay. Interesting. Okay. So, so bio eight, four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. What's the deal with Daisy calling Sousa Peggy's old partner in the preview for next week's episode? Does this mean we're traveling to a timeline where Steve has already returned and is now in a relationship with Peggy, a la Endgame? And is this the mini Endgame crossover that Jed Whedon hinted at? If so, it would be frustrating, since they've already taken a different spin on time travel. So there technically wouldn't be a need to keep to the MCU timeline if, of Steve going back and Peggy and Daniel, no offense to the captain, had a much stronger relationship anyway. Ooh, I take issue with that. Ooh, yeah, that's a that's a statement right there. That is a bold statement, and I disagree. Mm. <laughs> because Peggy and, and Steve have so much on-screen chemistry in every version of Steve. And every version of Peggy, I think. Yeah. That's a strong statement. I, I you know, I, I, do, I know that Sousa and her had a longer time together, and I liked Sousa a lot for her. Sousa is a good runner-up. I kind of feel like Sousa let her shine more, which was nice, because she's not standing next to Captain America. It's, like, hard to be the hero <laughs> of your own story when you're standing next to Captain America. It yeah, just you're always is. the person that's standing next to Captain America. Yeah, and I think that for that reason, Sousa was a nice, uh, a nice partner for Peggy, although they, they never really got together, right? They just had, like, a will-they-won't-they they thing the whole two seasons. As far as I remember it, yeah. I think they may have kissed once. Did they ever kiss? <sighs> we, I, I mean... I don't know, man. We got to go back and watch it all again. Yep. Before next week. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be using my Chrome extension this week to speed it. So that speed control. <laughs> watch Peggy Carter at six times speed just to get through it. Uh, it's pretty great. Um, I, I don't understand how you understand anything that they're saying, Matt. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Lauren has a fine point. I think that he's a great partner for her, but like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, I guess partially because like, I just, Steve, I care about Steve so much that it's hard for me to root for anyone else over Steve. <laughs> and <laughs> That's I, we, fair. we don't know if this is the same timeline that he stayed with Peggy. Uh, and, and they can make that work with this version of time travel if he somehow returned to his universe in the past, like if he completed his task, returned all the stones, the the only way the, the end of end game works. It's funny that we're talking about this again. Uh, after we just like 30 minutes ago, we we're like, no, we, we I gotta stop talking about this. I gotta stop complaining. But the only way, the only way it works is, uh, uh, Tony said that those watches were like, uh, space time GPSs. Yeah. And what the only way it works is if he went back in time put everything right so that all the timelines were cleaned up. And then instead of getting back on the uh, hitting the button to get back to the platform, he went to like Howard Stark or Hank Pym and said, Hey guys, I need to go back to my universe. Here's my, here's my little GPS. I need to go back to my universe, but I don't want to go. I, I don't want to go back to my time. Can you help me out? And they gave him some sort of like 
alternate platform to travel using his GPS back to his timeline. And then he lived out the rest of his life with Peggy. That's the only way that I can see it working. Um, but it does kind of conflict with Peggy on her deathbed saying, Steve, it's been so long. Steve, you're back. It's been so long. Now, now that could be her not remembering the time has passed. And maybe in, maybe in 1950 when he returned or whatever, she had that same exact reaction. It's been so long, Steve, so much has happened, you know? Yeah. Um, cause we don't know that he went right back to 43 or 44. He might've gone back to 50 or 55 or it might've taken him a while to get everything returned properly. You know, all those things. <laughs> yeah. But he can target any time with it. That's true. We did see, uh, we did see him, him and Tony target a different time from their perspective. So, uh, I'm assuming that, that I'm the only way it all works is if, he went back to her t- her universe using his uh, space-time GPS, which is, you know, well, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that works. That's the only way I've been able to headcanon it over the years. You know, thinking on it, those little devices on the hand looked like they functioned kind of similarly to Cable's device in Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just that his had a lot more... Um, pop-up display, you know, like a lot more HUD that kind of floated around him, yeah. which could have been his eye, uh, you know, cause he had a, uh, bionic eye. So that could have been the HUD that he saw. Yeah. All right. Continuing Lauren's message. Episode seven is titled the totally excellent adventures of Mac and the D and I'm 98% positive based on the clips, footage and information that have been released that it means we're getting a Mac and Deke seventies, eighties buddy cop episode. <laughs> That would be amazing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I think that's a good point. I was like, who's the D? And the D is exactly what Deke would call himself in if the right timeline. They landed in the right time and he's like, just starts going by the D. And he yeah. like, I'm sure he'd use all, like it'd be great because Mac would constantly, just like Mac is trying to keep him from doing patents. Uh, Mac, Mac's the straight man. Yeah, Mac's the straight man. Deke is the wild crazy like out of control guy and i that that's a really good call lauren really really good call i'm thinking like beverly hills cop except that deke is the eddie murphy character and yeah uh, and the other two are a combination that mac is playing i i wonder if it's a cop thing though like so she said buddy cop and i think i think she means buddy like a buddy mission tale kind of thing uh but i don't know if they're going to be cop like him being called the d makes me think like i don't know he becomes like some sort of weird 70s star uh, it'd be more of like a austin powers or something you know like like he's well known because he just like he did in him the whatever the 2000s when he or the 20 2010s when he like came back in time and became a big uh leader of tech, tech giant yeah. yeah like he became a tech giant like i think he's great because you drop him in any timeline he just becomes like i don't know a well-known <laughs> figure like I, I could totally see him becoming <laughs> he becomes a celebrity in yeah. whatever version that yes. time has exactly that's kind of what i'm thinking i don't know <laughs> that's great oh man oh man <laughs> sorry what if what if they go back in time and become and somehow accidentally become TV stars and star in uh, how that <laughs> that show that uh, that Trevor Slattery did? Oh, that would be so good. 
Do you remember? <laughs> do you, I don't remember what it was called, but when he was, I don't either. But that it was that, a cop yeah, drama. Yeah, the Trevor, Trevor Slattery was in a cop drama. Be really, oh how? I mean, there's no way. There's absolutely no way this is happening. But how great would it be if Trevor uh, showed up as like a friend of Deke's? That'd be oh, so good. <laughs> I guess they could use a different actor. And it could be a young Trevor Slattery. Yeah, it could. I, it could. I, I, I mean, I'd love Ben Kingsley, but there's no way Shield is getting Ben Kingsley. So, like, yeah, I'm totally on <laughs> board. Fair. Like, if like there's just a background actor who's called Trevor who has a similar accent who you just see for a second or whatever, like it looks similar, I'd uh, be great. Yep. I'd be so on board for that. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so Lauren finishes with anyway, love this episode and season seven so far. See, seems to still be going very strong. I think it's already proven to be the best season yet. So sorry, this is such a long email. Thanks for a really swell podcast, and I can't wait for your your seven two episode to be released. So long, Lauren. P.S. Matt, it's Chronicoms, not Chromacons. I know. I just keep saying it wrong. Yeah, and this isn't even a forgetful <laughs> thing. This is just me not being able to say things well. <laughs> and you're not the only one. I've read several articles of uh, like on CBR where they just spell it wrong. And I want to like I want to take the fury to the comments and be like, "Hey, listen here, you son of a bitch! How can you call yourself a you know?" <laughs> and, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, my podcast partner does it all the time." No, it's more like they don't read the comments because they don't care. Once they've produced the thing, they're like, "I'm out. I'm done." Yeah, that's uh, that is not the world we live in. Yeah, we uh, very much care about the comments. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we have gone, I think, almost an hour on a Shield Feedback episode because you guys write crazy so much, which I really do love, and it has been awesome. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to continue to do as much of the feedback as we're doing. Um, but we're uh, if you can, we're going to try to record next week a combined Shield episode and Shield Feedback episode. So if you guys are writing in a lot of feedback, if you, the earlier you can get it to us, the better, because we're going to record Thursday or Friday uh, on the this week's shield and try to keep just cause right now we're doing three episodes a week and it's becoming a little unruly <laughs> from like a everything feed. Our feed is looking insane. Um, so we're just trying to, we're going to try to do one episode where we talk about shield and then cover feedback, uh, like we used to do. I think that's the goal anyway. We'll see if it happens. Um, but if you guys can write in your feedback a little earlier, that'd be awesome. Um, I mean, you know, as soon as you get to see it or whatever. Um, anyway, watch it sooner. Yeah. Watch it sooner. People. What's your problem? No, I, I, I totally get it. We don't ever watch it till the next day either. Um, and honestly, most of you guys did send in your feedback, but it's, it was more about like us getting a chance to round it up in time and watch the episode and la 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 la. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Trying our best. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back with <laughs> wah, you. Wah, wah, like wah. this episode's going to go up and then another episode of, uh, kind of general news and feedback episodes. So, Hope you guys are having a great time. We love you 3000. Uh, go to strandedpanda.com and check out all the things. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.